Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Horns Down Podcast, Five Point Fridays with your host, Chris with a K, Chris Griffin. I'm joined tonight by somebody that I like to call my favorite YouTuber. Always insightful, always cool. <laughs> always not me, not always me. On the spot. <laughs> What I ain't no one's favorite YouTuber. Got me, really, got me into this and made me want to do my own pod. Oh no, I've inspired people. That's see, that's the worst thing you say to me. Like, like I, all the mistakes I've made now. Don't base it off what I do. I've done everything wrong for the longest time. Look, look, look. I, you, your videos—they always have me laughing, especially especially the, the folks in Texas. And we will get to that tonight. But I'm joined by Sean Forster tonight that's right Sorry, what's up how you doing man i'm doing good it's um we're in august the slowest month of the off season and i'll continue to tell people that because everyone's telling me football's here but it's only august 5th so i don't know what they're talking about uh they can pretend what they watched last night was football but that wasn't football <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that i watched like the first 10 minutes and was like yeah I'm then you remind oh it's preseason oh god <laughs> yeah never mind <laughs> Y'all get minded real quick once you watch some preseason football. Yeah. But it is what it but is. But anyways, we got we got some things to talk about tonight. So, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk all, all, all things OU. So, let's jump right into it, recruiting-wise. What are you hearing? What's going on? I see Jacoby Johnson is going to be announcing rather soon. Um, you know, Hicks, Vickers, there's a lot of names. Everybody is still – I saw you dropped a video about Jackson Arnold trying to flip uh, uh, Peyton Bowen. The floor is yours. Go ahead. And and to the people in my comments, you make a video about a guy trying to flip his teammates. You forgot Jacoby. It's like Jacoby's not his teammate. What about David Hicks? David Hicks is not his teammate. See, everyone is so hyped up about recruiting right now. Um, and everyone wants everything right now because lately we've been getting everything right now. It seems like July is like this past July is the best month of recruiting I've ever seen at Oklahoma since I started really following it closely. I've never seen anything like this. And if this class ends up to its full potential where I think it could go, we're talking some mid seventies, Barry Switzer level stuff right now. Uh, and and that still might not may not even be a number one class at the end of the day. That's how crazy recruiting is nowadays. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jacoby Johnson. Everyone's been waiting on Jacoby Johnson. It's like, when's he gonna come out and say he's gonna say? He came out and said it. He even put out a graphic, and I had two or three people see his graphic of his of his commitment date, and they totally missed the commitment date. And they said they kept asking when he's actually gonna do it. But yeah, he's gonna commit next Saturday. Uh, I think it's halftime at one of his games. And um, all signs point to the good guys. There's nothing to indicate otherwise. So it's recruiting nowadays. When a guy is about to commit, you tend to know where he's leaning. It's very rare nowadays where you don't have a feeling of where he's going to go. Like everyone tends to know. That's where all these all these crystal balls and future casts. Everyone's too much in the loop with these guys to know what's going on. Unless you're Peyton Kirkland, because nobody knows what the hell is going on with that one. Other than that. Uh, people tend to know who's going where when, even when, when they're about to make the announcement. So I'm really interested in, in, in Jacoby Johnson, but I will turn to, I guess, the target that everybody is talking about and everybody wants to know about. So little birdies, 
have 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 been chirping in my ear about DJ Hicks, and a lot of people think maybe he will be he uh, maybe he will commit earlier than the Under Armour uh, all all uh, star game. But some people are like, could it be September? Could it be November or I mean, October? Or is he going to just wait? So I, I think that's a big question. That a lot of Sooner fans want to know what's going to go down with, with DJ Hicks. But I do think that he it's trending towards OU in a favorable light. Yeah, it's um, and I believe I could be wrong. The Under Armour game is in Orlando, right? Every yes, year, I believe so. And, yeah, and so what you're telling me is that you're trying to take away my potential to go down there and see it live and in person. Everyone <laughs> wants it early now because I live in Orlando and I'd go down there and watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in all seriousness, there there does seem to be indication. There's a lot of like I don't want to say pressure, but it's like it's like Brent Venable said, "Hey man, if you really are ready to commit." You're ready to do this and shut it down. Go ahead and do it. Um, there's, I think everything is rumor, rumor and speculation right now. And everyone's just kind of, everyone has the feeling that he's got a good relationship with Todd Bates and his focus is on, you know, I want to go to a place I know I'm going to get developed and get ready for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And this is the first, and this is the first time in a minute we'd be able to say, yeah, we've got a coach. We've got a coaching staff on the defensive side of football that can actually say that because they have, you know, the resume to prove it, especially Todd Bates. So he's going to get his money. He's going to get his bag from somewhere. However mm-hmm. much it's going to cost, whatever, he's going to get his bag. You don't get yeah. five stars in that bags. It's going to happen. But if that's satisfactory and he wants to go somewhere where he knows he's going to get, he's, he's going to get the right development. I don't see why. If you're an OU fan, you should feel pretty good right now. So with DJ Hicks, I, 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 you know, from what I'm hearing, a lot of talking heads about the kid is that he's a day one starter, no matter where he is. I mean, Tommy Harris was a day one starter, so that's kind of like the only comparison I could think of a D tackle yeah. for OU. I mean, yeah. he's a guy who could play D end, but they want to. You could slide him inside, be a three tech. Uh, I think that's where he's going to make his money more than likely. So, and that's where I foresee him. I mean, I'm not the greatest X's and O's guy. I'm the furthest thing from an X's and O's guy, but even I know that to, to an extent, even I know that bare minimum. Uh, but yeah, it's just day one starter. I mean, I guess it depends. I don't see why he wouldn't play as a starter. I think that's a little bit t- too early to say, but as a guy who will play and get in the rotation, mm-hmm. I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah. I, don't see why he wouldn't. I, I think, I think one of the things that's interesting about Hicks is how much emphasis he's putting on the longevity as far as the here and now, because he's wanting to not only, you know, yeah, get his bag in, in, with the NIL deals, but he's also wanting to, you know, go to the NFL. And like you said, Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, what it looks like just, you know, at first impression, first blush, what they're doing with this defensive line. I mean, I, I think I, I think they're going to be some head turners. But you look at the pedigree, and I hate I hate to say it because we sound like Texas fans with Bo Davis and everybody coming from Texas. Don't don't lump me in with them. You can lump yourself in with them if you want. Don't lump me in with them. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is this right here is that we know their pedigree and we know what they've done, and they have the skins on the wall to show it, to show exactly. Um, to show all these recruits, like, hey, look, you come here, same coach, same same things I'm teaching that I taught him, same things I'm teaching you. Like, let's get it. So I, that's really exciting to me. And and I mean, you kind of nailed it on the head, you know. And I talked to 
on uh, last week's show with Parker, that was one thing I, I, I made note of was the fact that, hey, look, we lost great recruiters, but it seems like we gained elite recruiters. I mean, losing Jamar Kane sucked initially. I'm not going to pretend it didn't. Mm-hmm. But Mikhail Chavis, oh, my God, a rising star. Uh, just, just think about this for a second. I, I think if you pulled the average OU fan when that ma- when that magical plane landed and Brent walked out, you had a feeling we were going to be okay. Like it was there, maybe okay, maybe we're going to take a step back. Maybe that's going to happen. Okay, sure. But at the end of the day, you felt like okay, you feel stable right now. And if you follow recruiting, you knew okay. If you can come close to anywhere, a top 10 class for 2023 that keeps things stable, you're shooting for 2024 because that's the class with David Stone and a bunch of other guys you're really excited about. No one saw this coming. And what I think is the the rumors and the reports I've heard from people talk about is that when they had the big visit last weekend was – they show all these guys on defense. They're showing Clemson film because they don't have anything to show on the field for OU yet. So Brett Venables and Bates and Chavis, they're, they're showing Clemson film. This is what you're going to look like. You'll look in, you'll be in a much better color Jersey. You'll be in crimson instead of that ugly orange, but you'll look better in our jerseys doing this, this, and that. And that works with guys because they saw people have seen what Brent Venables and his staff has done at Clemson the past 10 years. Because before Brent got there, you know the last time we saw Clemson, the last time before Brent got there, they got they got destroyed by West Virginia, that Orange Bowl. It was a yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute joke. And Clemson has become, you know, with Brent, a brand where, you know, really good defense is played there. And so that's an easy sell for guys. And the fact that they're able to hit the ground running and we're here in August and all of a sudden we're – we went from just two weeks ago, we went from, okay, fringe top five, top five. I'll be disappointed if it's not top three at the end of the day, the way things are going. So it's just, you know, we got, obviously we got Johnson uh, next, next Saturday at the end of the month, we got Macari Vickers and Anthony Evans who are going to commit on the same day. And then you got the tea leaves saying that, Peyton Bowen might do something soon. Don't hold your breath, but there's, you know, Ben Minich committed today to Notre Dame at safety. So that's kind of part one of that process where it's like, oh, they just got themselves another safety just in case. Well, I would say that uh, with Bowen's, you know, I've heard about there's a little Texas A&M chatter there about the money. So here's my here's my thoughts on that. I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, A&M might win that battle. OU is going to find a way to get him paid too. OU is also going to have his little brother who wants to get yeah. OU. He's got his girl. <laughs> Listen, he his girl playing soccer at OU. All right, we flip Billy Bowen from Texas. I think we can we can get Peyton Bowen to flip to OU. <laughs> Listen, if the, it, if that's true love, OU's won. If it's not true love, then we're not going to win that battle. But yeah. he's also got like Jackson Arnold is not going to give up on this. And I think if Jackson Arnold is able to convince him and Ryan Yates and, you know, Peyton's little brother, Eli, God, that's so weird to say that out loud every time, but getting his little brother, Eli, to come as well, he's automatically a better recruiter than Caleb Williams in the COVID year. Yeah. 
because we all heard what Caleb was trying to do in the COVID year, and it's like, yeah, go Caleb, and it didn't really work out the way we wanted it to. <laughs> Please don't give me that. Hey, look, don't get me started on that. I, I started watching. We were going to get Tristan Lee and Kamar Wheaton and Emeka Buka. We're going to get all the and we got no. So we got up. No, so so the so the thing so excuse me. So the question I have for you, okay, Sean, who is the who is the recruit that one we can't miss on, and then two, who is the recruit out of this class right now that has committed or hasn't committed that you're the most excited about possibly committing? Who we can't miss on? I mean, I think we already got him. I think Jackson Arnold was the guy we we had to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We, we desperately needed one, and he was one of the first ones on board. So, and then he he wasn't quite a five star yet, but he lived up. He started to live up to the hype and won the Elite Eleven MVP. And all of a sudden, here we are. We have a five star composite, you know, QB as a centerpiece of our class. So, mm-hmm. we got a QB. You know, I lo- I like Dylan Gabriel. I think he'll do great things. But you needed to let people know that we can still get a five star QB to come to OU despite you know who not being here anymore. So I think that was the most important piece of the puzzle, despite everything else. I love all the defensive pieces. I love everything else in, in this class so far. But mm-hmm. you had to prove to the world you could still go get in quarterback. And you, you got to give props to Jeff Levy. What, regardless of whether or not he had prior connections or not, he got it done. He got him to come to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other what was the other question? Well, basically, I think I asked you, I said, hey, um, who who <clears throat> who's the one that we could miss out on? I think you answered that one. And then who are you most excited about? Uh, in this class, someone who's already here, man, it's to, or um, not here yet. I, I think, I think PJ Adabari, man, PJ Adabari is the one I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. We, when if you get him and Hicks, that's just not fair. It, it's really not fair because just, mm-hmm. just watching the the potential that dude has, PJ Adabari, to on three has got him as a top 10 player in the country, which is, I think a little high, but it's like someone thinks he's that good. So I'm not Mm going to turn that down, but we've been desperately needing to get elite pass rushing at this, at OU. We desperately, I mean, we, we've been able to create it in different ways, whether it was doing it or Eric striker kind of coming off, you know, he was like a, he was too big to be defensive back, too small to be a linebacker, but he was a really great pass rusher. We, we found creative ways to get a pass rush. Yeah. Uh, we, where we're going, we need to have guys like that. Mm-hmm. And some of those guys realize that we're going to have that magical SEC logo on our jersey too at some point, and they're going to be a part of that. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people just assume that Oklahoma going to the SEC was just going to be the same old Oklahoma. And I'm like, you know, we're recruiting, regardless of whatever happened, OU was going to get a bump regardless just because of that magical logo that's yeah. going to be in our now. Because, so, because I, I think one of the interesting things to, to think about is when you know who was here, this class – Yeah, this class was going to be, oh, my God, this class could be this, could be that, but we were just really talking offense recruits, right? We don't know what the defensive side of the ball would look like. However – um, going into the SEC, that's that's what I'm saying. We may feel as as if we have elite recruiters now, but I mean, let's let's not act like we didn't have great recruiters already there on campus. Lincoln Riley recruited at a high level, just not high enough, I, I think, to get us over the hump that we all wanted to be over. Well, he, he the one thing, and I'll never take this away from him because just no matter how angry or how much venom I spew in his direction, he could go out and get almost any quarterback he wanted in the country. You, you can't replace that. 
Uh, so still, he he could, and he and Dennis Simmons could get good, really good receivers. He, he struck mm-hmm. out on a few really good ones because Ohio State has become wide receiver. You at this point, yeah. Good lord, but uh, I think the one areas we kind of like struggle with at times were elite tackles on the offensive line. Like we will get some good ones, but not really super elite ones. That's why I think Caden Green is another guy that's really important for this class. Yeah. Uh, so, because he's going to get his fifth star at some point before it's all said and done, and it's like you need to start winning those battles too. Because I mean, Tyrese Robinson at right tackle that can't be the reg anymore. Mm-mm. That that can't happen. And I think that that was something that a lot of a lot of Sooner fans. I know people were, were thinking, okay, defensively, how are we going to be able to recruit? Are we going to be able to go in there and win battles against Alabama and teams like that? But also, I think one of the more interesting points that was glossed over was. Or one of the interesting questions: Can Levy not only recruit the offensive, uh, like the offensive talent and skill positions, but can he get the offensive linemen that we're used to consistently getting at OU, at least under the Lincoln Riley administration, if you want to call well, it that? Well, Bebo can still recruit. I mean, again, yeah. he can. He can and, still- and I know he's a part of it, but you know, with Levy making his imprint or whatnot, you know, can he go out there and still consistently get those? those four and five star guys are just the guys that were like, Hey, you know, these are beating ball guys, but these are really highly tallied guys, you know? Well, it also helps you get Jerry Schmidt back. Who's going to develop those guys in the off season because I, I I don't think, I I think uh, Reggie Grimes like had a quote uh, this week where, and I think OU fans are, this applies to us too, because you don't know you're dysfunctional when you're inside the dysfunction. Because yeah. that, that was me last year. Like I, I do live streams for the games where I owe myself because it's insane that I do that to myself. But I, I go on here like this and I watch I do watch alongs and I get the angriest of angriest fans in my chat saying like if we're struggling, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on either with the Tulane games and the West Virginia games and whatnot, but I see us like able to come back and fight back. I'm like, okay, we're just having a slow start. Like you're trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on. Because I, I always point back to the end of that Tulane game. It's like we couldn't get a stop, but then when you let our defensive line play, all of a sudden it's like three and out, and they just like they're killing people. It's yeah. like where was this like the rest of the game? And but there was just so much dysfunction. And like, I think you go. I want you to think back to last off season too, because yeah. we had three dudes beating up their weed guy. We had um, <laughs> like we had all these things. Like we had Marcus Major, who was in eligible for half the season. Yeah, we had Trey Bradford, who just did the news recently, who's no longer at LSU. He left I right. Saw that. We walked into the season with two healthy scholarship running backs, and everyone's trying to talk. You know, and I mean, no disrespect to these guys, but people are trying to talk up Weatherman and guys like this. Like, bro, we got to play those guys. We're in trouble. All due respect to them, we are. <laughs> it's like we are down to Eric Gray and we are down. Oh, it was just so painful to watch. Like Kennedy Brooks, like Isaac, please, Kennedy Brooks, do not twink an ankle. Do not twink an ankle. Do not twink an ankle. And that's well, kind it, of where we're at. But like you go to this offseason after we got through the disaster of like last late November and December. What bad news have you heard about OU football? Knock on wood. Well, that's something. Promise. That's something that, excuse me. That's something that I talked to. Uh, I was talking to my uncle about the other day. I said, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because uh, 
with me being a lawyer, I like to kind of peep in on some stuff, certain stuff. And so from time to time, I get on OSTN and I look up, you know, Mikey Henderson and Trajan Bridges and all them just to see how that case is still going. But I mean, hell, I'm at, I'm, I work I, uh, I work right down the street from the courthouse anyways. Right. So anyways, basically what I was telling him, I was like, man, I was like, it's kind of crazy because you think about it. Maybe there was a lot of dysfunction. Maybe there was this because you haven't heard a peep out of this regime, anything, anything that's happened. And, you know, one of the things we talked about was just the simple fact that there was a steady decline, a steady regression, because if you look at the first year that Lincoln took over, and this is no slight to him, you know, Texas fans can call it what they want. Look, for those those six, seven years, we enjoyed it. It was great. It was a roller coaster ride every game, literally. Last year was a heart attack. I was like one play away from a heart attack. But at some point, you have to just say, like, look at the defense. You're one of Grinch system. Oh, my God. Like, hey, next year we're going to be great. Yeah, I was loving it. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Speed D, yeah, this is that. Second year, yeah. Third year, national championship. But you saw a slow decline. A lot of the games were we just weren't physical. You look at a K-State, you look at an Iowa State, you look at a, especially a Baylor. Those teams were really physical with us and able to, to beat us. Every time under the Lincoln-Riley era, you always would say, let me pick out not, not the Texas, not the uh, highly ranked or overranked Baylor or, or Iowa State, guys like that. Let me go and look at the K-States. Let me go look at the um, – let me go look at the Texas Techs. Those are going to be teams that we struggle with. We have no business struggling with. You know, you rarely saw a lot of blowouts. You just saw a lot of really close games, especially last year. And last year it showed up and it showed out. And we just weren't physical. We weren't disciplined. We weren't a lot of things. And I'm not saying that Lincoln is a bad coach, but it's just, you know, when you listen to Reggie Grimes' comments, you're like, you can see it. Like, you don't have to be there every day. Like, you literally see it on the field. It's going to show. Like, you grew up in a household where domestic violence is the norm, and you go over to your friend's <laughs> house, and it's like, your mom and dad don't yell at each other after dinner every night? So it's like, huh, that's weird. Oh, I'm about to go home now. Oh, cops in the front yard again. Anyway, but it's, yeah, it's just, you. it's been nothing but sunshine and rainbows so far. And, you know, I, you know, I mean, Something could always pop up. You never know. It's like, oh, so-and-so is suspended. Like, because we don't know how Brent's going to deal with Like, by the way, so-and-so is suspended for UTEP. Like, what? Because that happens sometimes for something stupid, whether they missed a practice or late for a meeting or whatever. Yeah. So we still have that potential roller coaster go to go on. But other than that, like, you, you just look at the social media he's putting out. Like, yeah. this is a hyped football team. It's brotherhood. Yeah, they're excited. Like, I've they made a weigh-in. They made a weigh-in, an event, and I know uh -huh. some other other schools have probably done that before. I, I'm just thinking back. It's but you see the difference, like because last year everything felt like everything was sh closed in and shut off, and everything was top secret. I mean, you had like the the kid from the OU Daily trying to spy on practice, trying to find out who's getting first team reps the week after Texas, when everyone knew who was starting that TCU game, and now it's like. Like one of the refreshing things that yeah. I heard this year is that Dylan Gabriel, like this is back in March, Dylan Gabriel's our starting quarterback. Oh, great. Well, oh, he kind of has to be because we I, don't have to get a quarterback at the moment. But then we, 
yeah, but then we got some guys. We got a <laughs> we got the the kid out of pit as well. But it's like yeah. he's like, no, Dylan's our QB. He's gonna get first team reps all throughout. I was like, good. Well, <laughs> we have a plan. I'm not even gonna lie. When I drive through campus, which is every morning. I'm always looking around. I'm like, which building was it again that they was standing on top of? Like, you know, it's so funny when you think about it right now because yeah. it's like, and then like there was, it was like, I, I'm just imagine if he got caught, you hear like the sirens going on the spotlight of the old like cartoons, like the like, like a jailbreak or something, some trying to escape prison, like like the old school cartoons or whatever, or like when Lex Luthor tried to escape in Superman two, like way <laughs> back in the day, something like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just really goofy. I was like, "That that's that's just goofy." Uh, well, I was gonna say last thing on recruiting. We may dip back into it, but last thing on recruiting. Uh, I'm excited about this class. I really am. I think that this class could be special. There's whispers and the winds about there's there's more on the horizon. How many players do you think that we're gonna realistically take? I say about twenty five. I say max 25. No, we're going above 25. You think 25? You think oh, we, are 25? we might we're gonna get closer to 30 than we are 25. You don't think we're gonna save any room for uh for possible transfer? I mean, I know he's not I gonna mean, go to the portal like that, but I mean maybe I guess it kind of depends like what your numbers are gonna look like at the end of the year because you don't know who's gonna stay, who's gonna go for various reasons, but um I, I think they're going to build this roster on high school football talent more than anything. If listen, if there is like a disgruntled five star who was promised a check somewhere, who is legitimately talented and doesn't have a character problem, I'm sure Brent Venables will be more than happy to hear, have a phone call with him if he goes to the portal and is interested. He's not going to turn that down. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, I think he's going to do. A, he's going to try to build with high school talent. And if there's a couple spots open up for for transfers and everything, again, use use everything to your advantage in college football. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I know people hate the transfer portal and they hate how things are changing in college football. It's like you get you either evolve or you die. So if you don't like it, tough. But like, I don't blame if you can go get certain guys. However, by any means, go get them. Now, if it works out at the end of the day. <laughs> that depends on your football culture and the, and the guy you brought in. But if it works, if it's a match made in heaven, go for it. All right. So I guess y'all, you, y'all you, heard it, man. I, I definitely agree with you uh, on that. You changed my mind. Cause I was taking 25 max and then probably save some spots for some transfers, yeah. but I know the number not too keen on it, but yeah, but the numbers I keep hearing is like, mm -hmm. He might is like 28, 29, but those are the numbers I keep hearing around mm -hmm. the around the yeah. water cooler, so to speak. Well, we will be on lookout for um Jacoby Johnson. I'm sure that you already kind of got some stuff queued up just 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 for the news, right? <laughs> I, I, I I will roll out of bed on Saturday. It's like what time he came in? All right, let me find a picture on Google. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's basically what I do. <laughs> I feel that. So, okay, so we're moving on to the next topic, which is fall camp, okay? So last week we talked about it kind of, you know, briefly here and there a little bit, but, man, let's get into it. Fall camp, position battles. First position we're going to talk about today, linebacker. Linebacker play was not up to par last year. I don't know whose fault it was, but it was not up to par. We had bright spots. Obviously, Asamoah did his thing, but in my mind, I thought that Aguayu was going to take that step. 
This year, I'm looking for a guy like Aguaybu. I'm looking for Danny Stutzman. Obviously, uh, Kanik. I know a lot of people are excited about him, and I think you're going to see a lot of him. Um, but you have a lot of talent out there, and I think that uh, you could. This is your your time to see, like the Clayton Smith kid. You're also. I mean, I'm just going to be real with you. I think my breakout player that I said last year. I mean, that I said last week. My mm-hmm. two breakout players on defense this year. Everybody's talking Ethan Downs. I believe it. I believe the hype. Reggie Grimes. Second player, Marcus Stripling. I think Marcus Stripling is due for a, a great year because when you look at the defense, if he can really grasp this defense, if you look at a lot of the different things that um, Venables is asking those rush ins and those, those linebackers to do, he fits the mold because I'm not going to say he's a freak athlete, but he's one of the closest things we have on the team to that. And he's really versatile with his skill set. Oh, DoorDash is here. I know. <laughs> the, no, uh, oh, okay. I thought uh, you talking about linebacker. Just uh, this has got to be a Guaybu's year. If it's not, someone's going to take his spot. I don't know, but I feel like, all right. It's a lot to ask maybe for one off season to change, but I think he's lost some good weight and I think he's going to be a lot better. Uh, Stutzman, I'm, I'm ready, ready for year two with Danny Stutzman. Uh, we saw flashes of what that dude could do last year and uh, I'm excited to see part two. Um, uh, is it Shane Witter or Shane Whittier? Whittier? I, I can't. I, I, I think it's Whittier. I, Everybody says Whittier. I go with Whittier. I'm going to go Whittier too. Okay. Um, He's a guy I'm interested in, in checking out and seeing. So those are kind of the guys I'm like looking forward to. Like Canik obviously was like the first big, oh my God, like everyone is hyping up this dude so much. And I can't wait to see what he can do. I think he's a guy you can see make a, an impact immediately on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, what, you know, you can always rotate guys. I don't know if he's going to rotate guys like Grinch or anything like that. But, uh, I hope not. Jesus, I hope uh, not. I was there. I was there at the two-lane game. I was there at the two-lane game. That was painful. Um, you know, Deshaun White, you know, I think he might get the start early at the weak side. Um, Ted Roof's kid, man. TD Roof. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had a few things pop up here and there, so... Um, here's here's the interesting thing. So if you just go and look at if you go and look at Clemson or if you watch Clemson these past few years, Clemson has always had talent at that at that position. But you guys, guys with neck rolls, very yes, important. But you've seen the guys with the neck rolls, the they walk, you've seen walk-ons uh you know playing Mike. For Venables, but that's because he trusts him with with what he's trying to do because they're they're his coach on the field. So you might say, yeah, well, this guy is more talented than him, but what they're asking you to do on defense is a lot, and you're pretty much you know the extension of the coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a guy like Ted Roof or maybe somebody actually pop Not up. Ted, and like, yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. you don't want Ted out there. Ted, Ted, Ted oh, off, 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 like <laughs> you don't want Ted out there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because I, I think the one thing uh, I think a lot of people are starting to remember now is that Venable system. Is, there's a lot to there's a lot to remember. There's a lot to you know bring out on the field with you. And uh, I, you know, I go back to Travis Lewis way back when, uh, when he w- when he got drafted, went to the league. 
uh, one of the big compliments he got was that he was knowledge wise, he was NFL ready. Like yeah. coaches and scouts were shocked about how much he knew and how prepared he was. Now, obviously, he didn't have a great NFL career or anything like that, but they were like, whoa, Brent Venables, his guys, his guys know what to do on the field. They know how to do things. And sometimes that takes a while. So linebackers a spot where I think everyone's really excited about, but there could be a learning curve for some guys. I know yeah. there's a lot of, I know we got a lot of young guys that we mentioned before, like the, the McKenzie's and the Lewis's Lewis kids. But uh, I think uh, I'm not trying to be a Debbie downer, but there might be some moments where you need to have patience and just mm-hmm. like some guys might make some mistakes. And if they do them, you want them to happen in week one and two yeah. and learn from those experiences. Cause then you got to go to Lincoln and then try to do it up there on the road. But yeah, it's like, but I think there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of great potential in that room. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, I'm excited to see what the next step, but like, I think there's enough experience there to hopefully, uh, you know, hold down the fort. I think what Venable said was key, and I, I, I think that you can really, really apply that to the to the linebacker room. Uh, Venable's at his press conference. I remember him saying that, "Hey, we got a lot of fast guys in here. You know, can they can they can they play fast? And can they can they play fast and make the right plays?" So I think when he was saying that, that made me really think about the uh, about the linebacker core because I'm thinking, I'm like, man, we got some fast guys and <laughs> some guys that can move. Can it? Whittier, um, but we we got football players, and I think that you're going to see them be able to take that step. And a guy like Agwebu, I think that um, you know, and this is a great segue into the next group I was going to talk about, which is the cornerbacks. But what I'm mostly excited about with this defense is the fact that you're finally, and it's hard to discredit the past staff for what Grinch was able to do because we had no life, and then Grinch gave us a pulse. But now you feel like, hey, not not only do we we have a a, a a a heartbeat, but hey, we're we're back from back from the dead. But I say that because I'm really excited about the techniques that are being emphasized and being taught right now. And so, you know, I think that's a great segue into the cornerback room. You know, who starts opposite of Woody Washington? Now, I know a lot of people say, hey, look. They are on record as saying they're going to play eight guys at that. But we know that's not all the way possible. Maybe it is in Grinch's system. He definitely rotates. But regardless, though, I, I, if you ask me, I think, you know, the question is who starts uh, opposite of Woody Washington? Mm, uh, I know the cheap and easy answer is DJ Graham, potentially, uh, or, maybe, or maybe a Joshua Eaton type of guy because they are – they had the experience, but I think a wild card for me, CJ Colden, the transfer out of Wyoming. Really? I think he's got a legit shot. Now he's what got a perfect, the, he's got perfect camp. But what about the kid out of uh, out of Louisville? You think you think he's going to be more nickel or? I think he's a nickel guy because I, I know I know Trey I, I know uh, the the North Carolina kid Morrison is also kind of a nickel guy from you know I'm trying to like remember everything that I've been reading over the, over the past few months, but um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, just hearing like back and forth, varying opinions and whatnot. It just feels like, you know, like, cause I, I know we're the safety, but like I think key and Bowman are your safeties in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden you know, Davis. 
Maybe. Um, I think Colden and Walker are going to be your depth on one side and Washington and Graham are going to be on your other side. So I'm going to go, if you ask me to flip a coin, I'm going to go with Colden transfer out of Wyoming right now. I could be, de- I could be a hundred percent wrong. We'll see how camp goes. We'll see who they put out there week one against UTEP, but um, they have options at corner. Like I think the secondary has a chance this year to be the best, you know, part of the defense. Yeah, and that's like a part of defense to be probably the best has been or the most I think maybe complete that it's been in a while. And I, mean, Kevin, we have- I, I, I was just gonna say, Kevin. No, I mean we know Walker is a is Walker is a is a corner, but I mean at the same time, you know, all due respect, I like Bros a lot, but I'm I'm looking for Justin Harrington. I'm looking for maybe Walker because he's bigger and physical. You know, you forget guys. I, I, I was like, oh yeah, Justin Harrington's back. Because Justin Harrington, a couple years ago, had a great day one at camp, tears his ACL, left the team, came back, making noise again, apparently. What are we going to see? <laughs> so <laughs> are, are we going to get the payoff of Justin Harrington? Justin Harrington yeah. is like a movie, is like a movie delayed because of COVID. Are we eventually going to see the payoff? <laughs> are we going to see... It's like Top Gun Maverick. Top, Top Gun Maverick was delayed, 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 and it finally came out, and everyone loved it. So, if he can be Top Gun Maverick, that's all. That's all good for me. So, yeah. So I've I yet mean, to see Top Gun Maverick. I need to that, go see it. <laughs> that cornerback room, yeah, that cornerback room, the whole DB room is really interesting because you know you go to the safeties. Let's go ahead and go to the safeties. Keith Lawrence was not preseason all Big Twelve, that, that which is crazy. Me. I mean, which is crazy, okay. but Keith Lawrence. Billy Bowman, and then you're looking for a guy like like Jordan Mooks. Can you take that next step? Maybe we finally get a Bryson Washington signing. Maybe oh my God, I forgot he existed. <laughs> I mean, are like, been- we got a four star safety. Yeah, it's like it's nothing yet. That's what it used to be like. It's like we got a four star safety. Yeah, we did it, guys. We did it. Um, I think another guy we're missing is a. Uh, Gentry Williams, true freshman. Gentry, Gentry Williams could be in the fold. You look at uh, Justin Rowe. I mean, you look. I mean, there's some guys that can make some impacts, but you're just looking at. It. I mean, I think we're. This is the deepest. I think that th- that back the back end of the defense has been in a while. Now well, there's, a of, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of unproven names. There's a yeah. lot of unproven names, but there's you're excited about like the potential, the the talent potential. So even if someone doesn't live up to the hype, you have, seems like you have two or three other options, potentially like as a fail safe. Kendall Dennis. Yeah. I mean, you've heard, we uh, spring, uh, spring ball. You heard a lot about him. You saw him. He had a pick in the spring game. And I was like, there's another four-star corner that came in with Eaton that everybody forgot about too. So, I mean, I think that I just had a feeling. Now I've heard little rumblings about it, but I think that the staff was was pleasantly surprised with the amount of talent that was here and some of the guys. They were like, "These guys didn't play. These are the guys that you just had." Well, how did you guys there? suck so bad? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like OU's gotten a lot of talent over the years. I mean where they've lacked the really elite talent has like all been inside guys, D tackle inside linebacker safety. You go up the middle of this defense. That's where they've lacked the ability to get 
highly touted guys. Let's go look at the classes. Mm-hmm. They've gotten four star corners. They've gotten four star guys on the uh, on the uh, when it comes to rush end linebacker or whatever. They've gotten guys on defense on the defensive end, but like inside deep, all those guys they couldn't hit on because it's like well the stigma of playing in the Big Twelve and Oklahoma plays crappy defense. So it literally took like the best defensive coordinator in the country to come in and bring half the staff with him. It, f- it felt like, and go, okay, we're going to change things now. So I got two questions for you about recruiting. So the first one is this right here. Oh, back to recruiting. I love it. <laughs> we've heard, we've heard, you know, Valai do his thing. Chavis do his thing. Bates do his thing. Everybody's doing their thing. I haven't really heard that much out of out of Brandon Hall. Is there is there something there, or is it just Daddy and this kind of a bit sluggish? What do you think? Um, I, I don't know because I was looking. I was I watched all the the interviews from Media Day, and I think someone brought up on one of the boards, "Hey, where's Brandon Hall?" It's like, I mean, Brandon Hall could be one of those really quiet types who just wants to be left the f alone. It's like I don't want to talk to media. It's like he is a position coach; he doesn't have to, I guess, but. Um, I have no answers to that. I have no rhyme or reason. It could just, but man does. Hey, like if we, if we get some, if we flip some people recently, like very soon from LSU, I'm not going to be complaining. I'm sure he'll have a hand in it. So. So this next question is this right here. Who would be a surprise commit in the future? No one is talking about. Surprise! I would go with Malachi Coleman as a potential guy. The kid, the, the top 100 athlete out of Nebraska. They want him to play tight end. Uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about he's a silent commit to Nebraska. Well, you know why isn't he a loud commit to Nebraska? I mean, he lives in Lincoln and everything. He's got a lot of he's got family who are diehard Nebraska fans. And I said, well, we just got a kid in Colton Vasek who grew up in a Longhorn household, so living in Austin. So, I mean, we've seen that happen before. Um, I think it would take a lot to get him. I think not be, like beating Nebraska isn't going to be enough. I think maybe if we beat them down a little bit, it might help a little bit. Yeah. But I think Nebraska would have to have another mediocre year to really open that door. And for OU to be like, hey, we're we're doing pretty well. Come play, like come play tight end in Lebby's offense. You'll be great. You'll be awesome. Well, so, I think you know. I think another thing to think uh, to think about as well is does Scott Frost even survive this year? You know, so that's going to be a whole another staff trying to come in and, and do what OU did last year, which was pretty incredible. Here's what crazy: if he just like if you won seven games, could you based on last year? If you won seven games, is that a fireball offense? think about it because they went they were three and nine last year if you go seven and five i improved by four games can you fire him <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's a weird question to ask because we all know I mean, seven they, look, they, they i'm not saying that the same administration is there but they they fired bo Pelini after every nine and three season that he he got them to well i mean Nebraska's big problem is that they couldn't figure out how to – like the worst thing they did was leave the Big 12. They cut off the recruiting pipeline to Texas because they don't have a good – they don't have a good recruiting radius. 
Yeah. Like, whenever I hear people say, is OU going to become the new Nebraska? Bro, did, did, is the state going to physically uplift and move? <laughs> like, is it going to move 500 miles to the north and land somewhere like Asgard in the Marvel comic books or some crap? It's like, come on, man. It's like, you're, you're t we don't have, oh, we're not going to have access to the Metroplex in Dallas or Houston or you know Kansas City. It's like, we're just, oh, we're all our recruiting pipelines. They just get shut off. There's going to be a force field around the state. It's like, I, I, whenever people bring that up, they always sound so stupid. It's like, we've been hearing stupid things all year about <laughs> the future of this program. And I'm just, oh, I can't wait for people to be forced to shut up and eat their words this year. I really can't we'll wait. We'll get to that. We'll get to that because we got <laughs> definitely got some, some people we want, we want to talk to, but uh, moving on, let's go to the offensive side of the ball and let's talk about a position that, a lot of people talk about and a lot of people don't talk about. Talk about wide receiver. Because if you get into the Twitter spaces and you oh, guys God. know who you are, I, I, a lot of I people say – I can count on one hand how many Twitter spaces I've been in. I think I enjoyed maybe one of them. <laughs> oh, those are miserable experiences. So, and, so, and sometimes the wrong people are allowed to talk for way too long and it's like, I got to – I'm I'm done. I yeah, his barbershop talk, some of them. But Ooh. shout out to my guy, Tuna Soup guy, Andrew. And Andrew, Andrew tries to run a tight ship as best he can with some of <laughs> But I will say that you know people are saying, hey, outside of Marvin Mims, you don't really have another receiver. Wait, 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 wait! Can I stop you there? People forget Marvin Mims exists. They're not saying you have Marvin Mims. I'm not hearing his name brought up ever. Outside of like outside of OU circles, because remember our you know they took away Mario Williams, our best receiver. That's true. like Mario Williams barely made a play last year. I'm not saying he's not talented. Yeah, but like people are saying, oh, you lost Mario Williams. Like name me plays he made that were impactful in games that mattered. Mm -hmm. I'll wait. I can't. What was the big Mario Williams like? Like he he lost his helmet in the Alamo Bowl. All due respect to the Alamo Bowl. Like outside Bob coaching that game, I didn't give a crap at the Alamo Bowl. I just want to get in, get out. I was like, I wasn't thrilled for the Alamo Bowl. I was like, I'm not thrilled to be here. I just want to yeah. get in and get out and go home. That that's what I thought about the Alamo Bowl. But everyone tried to tell me, oh, you took Mario Williams. Like, have you? Do you recall highlights of this man? Making yeah. big plays. I remember Caleb making big plays. You want to throw that in my face? Go right ahead. I, that drives me nuts. People saying took Mario Williams. He's a five star. I think the thing for me is that you know, I, hey, I hope they ball out everywhere where, where they went. I hope he ball. I hope Caleb Williams balls. I hope they go. They go do their thing. I'll never wish ill will on, on these kids. But like Jaden Hazelwood, I hope that his knee is finally back to where it needs to be and that he can go and do his thing. But last I year... Hill. I love Jaden Hazelwood. I wish him the best at Arkansas. Yeah. I wish it could have worked out. But that dude made a lot of tough catches over the years, man. He made so. some tough catches, but when it came down to just like last year, he couldn't really create that separation because, you know, his knee, he was still really working back. I mean, that was really, really kind of a, a more of a stronger rehab year. But we'll see. But just to keep it in-house, I think, you know, Kevin says it, it says it good. People act like Theo Weiss doesn't exist anymore. I'm really bullish on Jaleel Farouk. I think that Drake Stoops, a guy like Drake Stoops, um, can have a big year because he's going to be allowed to be more than just a possession receiver. I think that – Drake's um, our Hunter Renfro, man. He's going to – Yeah. 
Yeah, you can make that, yeah. You can get, score that last second TD in the national championship game. <laughs> I think I think Jaden Gibson is another guy, but you're looking and people are forgetting like um uh the Trevon West, the the Brian Darby's, guys like that. I mean, you you got some guys that that played meaningful snaps last year and know what it takes to be successful uh, at this level on this team. And I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with this uh, wide receiver. Room. I think Theo Weiss is the guy that has a lot to prove, and we've mm-hmm. seen flashes here and there of what yeah. Theo Weiss can do. And I mean. Just like his, he got a few snaps his true freshman year. Like I think he made a big, I think he made a big catch and he made a big catch or a big TD or close to a TD when uh, the Baylor come back with Jalen with Jalen Hurts and everything. So we've seen little bits and pieces, and I think this is his year to put it all together. He's healthy. Uh, we saw him make a big catch down the field. The spring game is like okay, if that's what it potentially is going to look like with him and Dylan Gabriel. I'm excited. Um, you know, Farouk is a guy who got a lot of playing time in the Alamo Bowl. He's another guy, uh, obviously, you mentioned before that everyone's starting to get real excited about. So, I'm not worried about wide receivers. Like, Mims is going to be utilized, he's going to be our go to guy, he's going to be our number one. Uh, we're, I'm not saying he's going to make uh, you know, 50 50 jump balls or anything like that, like uh, in these miracle catches. Like, he has the ability to do that, we know, but I think he's going to start looking like the guy we saw. Uh, the previous couple of years, he's going to get way more involved. So, and if we're just talking about receivers, I think Brain Willis is going to be a big impact guy. I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of Brain Willis because Levy loves using the tight ends. Malachi Coleman, watch the film, man. Come play tight end at OU. I'm telling you. Um, oh, I was just going to say um, two names that I forget to mention every damn pod, and I'm sure they're going to they're going to be factors. But the Hester kid and the Bunkley kid as well, the two transfers that you got. Uh, I've heard really good things about both, and it kind of seems like it flips. Like one kid is having was having a solid camp, the other kid was having a solid camp, and it looks like both of them could be contributors. So, um, I'm sure when there's a when they start doing scrimmages and those reports leak out, we'll start seeing the highlight film. We're going to see the hype videos. We're going to see all those things pop up. One of those guys will be making a play here or there, and then everyone's going to all the sunshine will be pumping. It's yeah. going to happen. So. And I, I'm I'm really excited about the offense. I think the next position, obviously, let's go to it. A lot of people think we're not going to be able to run the ball, but I mean, you look at it. You're everybody's expecting Gray to finally be the finished product that we thought he was going to be last year. But you're looking for Gray, Marcus Majors, uh, um, God Borns. You want Javante Borns, but then at the same time. You've uh, heard really good things about Tawi and then the the, uh, the other uh, uh, walk on back that they got from UCF. I mean, you've heard really good things, and it's a deep. And then obviously, you can't forget Gavin Sawchuk with that speed. So, you know, Gavin Sawchuk is a guy that I've thought about with his speed, and I have no idea what we're going to do on special teams this year. Who's going to be punt returner? Who's going to be kick returner? Mm-hmm. Maybe you put Gavin if he if he can do it. Maybe put Gavin Sawcheck at kick return. See what he can do. If he's got that speed, man. If he's got like that Alex Ross type of speed where you can take it to the house. <laughs> Alex Ross, boy. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm going back a little. It's it's been a minute since we have kick returns at OU football, man. I'm telling you, I miss me some Alex Ross kick returns. Um, but man, like if you can have like an Alex Ross type of dude back there who can 
give you some uh, unscheduled scores, I'd be more than happy to do it. That's just my random thought that popped through my head. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I've used his speed to for on punt return, kick returns, and some NCAA football. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Javante Barnes is the hot shot freshman everyone's talking about, is looking forward mm-hmm. to. We get to see a little bit of the spring game. Uh, yeah, Eric Gray. When we got like all the when we got those Tennessee Tennessee transfers who came in, like Eric Gray was a guy to be excited about, and with uh and whatnot, along with Key Lawrence and and Wanya Morris. But yeah, if if we're not successful running the football this year, it's not because we're not trying. It's mm-hmm. not gonna because it's not because like well our our head coach slash OC is just gonna pass the ball eighty times a game. No, that's not gonna be the case. We are gonna run the football. We're gonna be physical. And if he's not successful, and it's not going to be for lack of reps, I promise you that. I mean, it, it boils down to the offensive line. And those those are going to be some of the battles that I think everybody pays attention to. I mean, every year we do that, but this year especially. Venables is under, go, I was just going to say Venables is under a new regime. We've all – I mean, not Venables, but beating ball, excuse me. Yeah. We all have heard – the, uh, the rumblings, we've heard it loud, we've heard it softly, we've heard it all around, basically, that uh, last year it, he didn't really get to play the players that he wanted to play. So this year you're thinking, hey, you get to start fresh, you get to kind of mold this offense into how you want to do it with uh, with Levy. And so you're thinking this year, man, you know, Wanye Morris, you know, Anton Harrison is the time to finally shine, you know, for a guy like Wanye Morris, but, you know, Anton, can he take that next step? And you think about Tyler Guyton, you're hearing that name, you know, and Save Young Bird, is he going to be in the mold, but, you know. Uh, well, you you also got guys like Andrew Rame come out and saying, we've gotten stronger in six months than we have in the two years pre- pre- prior. It's like, that's, <laughs> a, that's an indictment on, you know, not just Benny Wiley, but Riley himself. That's an indictment. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not it's not a coincidence that our offensive lines, our two best ones under Riley, were 17 and 18. What a shock. Um, and then they weren't quite as good, you know, started yeah. steadily decline. But like when guys start saying they've been they got stronger in six months of the past two seasons. Uh yeah. So but uh I think Harrison and Wanya Morris are probably gonna lock those down initially, those tackle spots, because I'm here. Like I'm hearing rumblings of Savion Bird moving inside to guard, because like, not not as an indictment that he can't play tackle. It's that Beedbo wants to put his best five out there, mm-hmm. and I think uh, no offense to Chris Murray, I don't know if it's Murray or or the McCade Tower kid, but one of those guys are is going to lose that guard spot potentially to Savion. You got Raym at center, so. I'm with Bimbo. Put your best five out there. Rame's going to be your center, more than likely. I don't think I think he's I don't think Conjil's taking his spot. All due respect, I think he's good as long as he's healthy. But I'm looking forward to seeing the physical offensive line again. I really am, and I think we we got a sneak peek of what it could look like. But overall, again, run the football, not for lack of trying. I think that you know a lot of people on the outside love to say, "Oh well, if." You're, you're one injury away from figuring out what's, what's, what's going to really happen with your team because of Dylan Gabriel. Well, my whole thing is that, look, Dylan Gabriel, let, let's, just, let's just call it for what it's worth. He's never played with this amount of talent. I think, I think those UCF teams were good, but I don't think he's ever played with this amount of talent. Man, I, I, I'll tell you what, though, man. 
I saw his first home start in person. I was a cameraman on the sideline for that game. So I got to see him up close and in person. I got to see that offense. Now that was, they played Stanford that day. Now that Stanford team wasn't very good that year, but you know, when you beat down a Stanford team, that's known to be physical and everything. And that was Jeff Levy was the OC that year as well. That offense was clicking. Mm -hmm. So you can tell me he's the, if you're telling like, if you're saying that he has more talent to work with now, that's pretty scary. Yeah. If you go back, go back, go on YouTube and find highlights of that game against Stanford or just go watch that game. It's like, he was lighting it up. Mm-hmm. That was Levy. So I'm excited of that, of that prospect of him, of him, of just him, just, just like so, destroying certain teams. We're going to play this year because the kid can pack the kid. Ha- the kid can do all he can do everything on the field. Like the only defense we're going to play this year that puts any fear of God into me is Baylor. Yeah, because just because of Dave Aranda, everyone else well, doesn't scare me. Well, like I, I think we can score on anybody. Not maybe not at will, but it's like we're going to put up points this year. Here's the here's the thing. Okay, so I, I'm just going to give you a spiel. So when I was at the spring game, there were two guys sitting in front of me. I don't know, but just you know, two OU fans. Hey, they were cool, but. Every time he missed a pass or he did anything, especially when he threw that pick to uh, Kendall Dennis, they looked at each other like, "See what I'm saying? Nah, we, we're we're going to struggle this year. We're going to do this." <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, "I'm like, you want your cool. defense to win the spring game? Yeah, I'm like, that's what you want." I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "If Brent came in and his defense looked like trash in the spring game, oh lord, that's where I would yeah. be concerned." Yeah. But Baker, I was thinking to myself, it's like Baker had crappy spring games. Had, Colin Murray had a crappy spring game. Yeah, so it's like it's like don't like, just like, oh, like listen. I, I used to be like I used to have that mentality. Two thousand seven spring game. I'm like, man, Joey Hosley's going to be our starting quarterback, man. Let yeah. me tell you, it's like we, we all have, we all have our moments. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Yeah, but I man, it's like do not judge quarterbacks on spring games. Please don't do it because hey, 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 with the exception of Texas AM, because <laughs> what we saw down there, that was that was trash. Listen, listen, the Aggies are a whole different conversation, and they can recruit every single position except quarterback or develop quarterbacks. Like Jimbo can't develop quarterbacks, save his life, unless they're very, very, very special people with very special brains. Um but other than that, uh, yeah, it's just we're gonna struggle. No, we're gonna, we're yeah. gonna do that. So, no. So I was gonna say with Dylan Gabriel, you know, I, I think that uh, going forward in this season or whatnot, with the amount of talent, I, I, I'm on record for saying, with the amount of talent he's gonna have at his disposal, the offensive scheme and everything, and just him knowing those inner workings of Levy's offense, and then learning kind of the new things that he's picked up on his way back to uh, to OU. I think it's going to be interesting to see Dylan Gabriel because we know that he could pass. We know that he could do everything, but he's not going to be asked to do an awful lot um, like a Lincoln Riley offense. I think my uncle, he pointed, he pointed it out to me. I think is a good point about like Malachi Nelson. Malachi Nelson is a great high school athlete, but when you get to the college ranks, he's probably going to be a great athlete there too. 
But at the same time, if you don't, for a Lincoln Riley offense to happen, you need two things pretty much. You need a great offensive line. You need a really good offensive line that can move and, and move people around. But you also need a quarterback who's pretty mobile, you know? Because, I mean, if you look at Spencer, I think that's yeah. kind of where he got in trouble. But pretty much what I'm trying to say is this right here. Dylan Gabriel is not going to have to do a lot. He's not going to be asked to do a lot. He's going to be asked to get the ball to the right spots, run the right plays, get our guys where we need to go, trust the offense, you'll do what you need to do. Because, I mean, he did it before, so why can't he go do it again? Oh, I know why he can't do it again, because our Texas brethren say he did it at a G5 level, not a Power 5 level. Granted, they have a wide receiver oh. that they think is going to set the world on fire, Nayor, who played at Wyoming. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I, I watched him light up a, G, uh, a Power 5 school that, you know, that people respected at the time. So, yeah. I mean, you, you can play that game all you want, I guess. But I, 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 am, I am so done with Texas. <laughs> I'm just so done. And th- listen, I, I think back to – to paraphrase a quote from men in black, like a person is spot is smart, but people are dumb, stupid, panicky animals. And you know, it like we know individual Texas fans that are smart. Yeah. But man, not just the fan base, but some of like their, their recruiting guru guys who I just want to smack upside the head. All of them. Ian Boyd being at the front of the line for that one. Oh my God. The, you know what I did the other day? Because they, they, it, it, I wanted some entertainment. I was bored. I uploaded my video for the day or whatever. I went and found the post game for Orange Bloods after the Kansas loss. You would have thought Anwar Richardson was about to cry. <laughs> like, don't let anyone try to tell you that those those guys at Orange Bloods aren't just outright fanboys. Look, I'm a fanboy too. I at least admit it. I wear the gear. I'm not pretending. So, but like I, I heard PK is not the guy. They need to get rid of him. Oh, is Steve Sarkeesian the guy to lead this program? I heard everything. And this wasn't after just because of one loss. This was like a five-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So, now I'm hearing, oh, it's different this time. Is it really? Is it really different? Because we talked about earlier how what a great offseason this has been for OU because it's been quiet and it's been nothing but sunshine and rainbow so far. To be determined, we'll see how it turns out in a few months. But I still see the red flags in, in the 40 acres. I still see the red flags. Nothing's changed. Like, I'm sorry. Is this offensive line going to get better? That's full of undrafted free agents as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but you got five or six magical freshmen that are going to come in. Oh, you're going to get Devin Campbell. You're going to get banks to play or like, please play true freshman. I'm begging you, please play true freshman. I I know you think they're going to come like, listen, you, I could buy a DJ Campbell playing at guard and being effective. You can do that. I think you can plug and play a guard and you could have some, you could have effective play. If you played a true freshman at tackle, mm, please, please do. Please try playing true freshman at the now, tackle. Now, position. Now, you will get eaten they're, alive. They're going to come at us and say, well, you guys play Zeus at, 
and uh, it left. No, no, no. He no. He was a redshirt freshman. He had a year, a year, and he struggled. He had a year to develop and went to Tennessee, and he struggled at Tennessee in that game. And he's one of the best linemen in the league. So you guys can throw the stars at me all you want, but these guys, like I, 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 Kyle Flood, listen, if Kyle Flood, listen, if you guys do what you do, Kyle Flood's the greatest O-line coach of all time. Not just like in college football, ever. But w- let, let's all like look at the mirror and ask ourselves, do we really think that's going to happen? No. Because oh, Texas I mean, fans want you to believe that yeah. their skill guys are going to carry this offense. You don't need an offensive line. You have all these skill guys that you're all hyped up about. They, oh, they're just gonna do everything by themselves. Texas, Texas is in the same boat Oklahoma was with uh oh nine. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say with, with Lincoln. Get all the offensive talent that you want in the world, whatever the case may be, but defensively, you're not able to really recruit at that that level that you want to say that you can. Like, like you're just not, you have no edge rush. But but here's the thing. We were miserable as a fan base last year. Yeah. And we still won 11 football games. 11 football games and got a lot of guys that played. 11 football games they won and we were miserable. These guys went five and seven and like these, they're still talking crap. Yeah. I would shut down my YouTube channel and (laughs) dig a hole. I would find the nearest sinkhole. I'll find the nearest sinkhole in Florida and like bury myself if like, oh, you went five and seven. Mike, no, you do not get to talk crap to my football program or my fan base. You do not, you are not allowed to, period. Especially when you lost to Kansas again. But go ahead, bring up how we almost lost to Kansas because that's the same thing. Bravo. You got me there, guys. We almost lost. My whole thing is is this right here is that I think that is really unfair because we have a head coach who's never been a head coach. And I think it's really unfair to discredit the 26 years that he's been that he's been successful. I mean, because because here's here's the thing, and here's something that gets glossed over. A lot of people look at Clemson and think Clemson is still is going to be pretty good this year. But, they probably they, they probably will be. Yeah, I'm gonna there, go ahead. There are there. people, there are people who are sitting there still saying, Well, they lost a lot because they lost their offensive coordinator and they lost their defensive coordinator who provided them the staple of their success. It wasn't just Dabo. It wasn't just Dabo. But Dabo you, you built the culture, got the right people in place, but it just wasn't Dabo. But but you know why they say the whole never been a head coach thing is part of their arsenal because mm-hmm. they're scared because they're scared because you know, what's going to happen if our third head coach since 2016 comes in and has instant success and they've gone through what three or four since yeah. 2013, the excuses start to run out. I've said this multiple times before I rooted like hell for them to get urban Meyer. I rooted like hell because one of two, no, I'm serious. One of two things was going to happen. Either they were finally going to get over the hump because it would take a guy of that caliber to do it. Or if he failed, like failed, failed, mm-hmm. 
that that is the ultimate we're doomed if urban meyer couldn't come in and fix it yeah but obviously they lost out on that and they, they Sean, that's the that's the problem with texas texas always goes after the, the splash higher but i don't have a problem higher. with that if you can get it go get it mm-hmm. by all means if you have but like because I, I hear it's like, well, people like to say it's the boosters, but it's not really that, or it's not really well. People say we have great recruiting classes, but that's not true. Listen, on paper, you had great recruiting classes. What happens when they get on your campus afterwards is not my problem. That's a you problem. That's yeah. not my fault. That's, that's a your that's your fault. So look, let's listen. Oklahoma, you look at our history with five stars, it's not great. It's like Peterson, Gerald McCoy, and that's kind of it. <laughs> Really, think about it. Look at our history of our five stars. We've yeah, had. More. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Richardson won a five star, yeah, but he was a solid player. The hype, though. Yeah, but it's just like name me these five stars that lived up to the hype. Not many did. Like like Smoke Patterson and Stephen Good and Trey McGuire, Jeremy yeah. Calhoun. Like none of them did crap. But yet here we are. We still find a way because we find a way to win Big Twelve titles. We find a way to win bowl games, go to the playoff, all the win Heisman Trophy winners. We find a way to do it some way, somehow, with multiple different head coaches at this point. And if they, if Brent does it, they have no more excuses. They know it's a them problem. And I think a lot of the smart Texas fans know it's a them problem, but they just don't know how to fix it. Because I have yet to see the big moment where the culture's changed. Because I'm sorry, Steve Sarkeesian is a weak head coach. He's been a weak head coach just because he, he oh, he coached under Nick Saban. It's like, bro, I could coach under Nick Saban and probably get some offers afterwards, man. <laughs> I'm serious. I could hold the clipboard. And I'm not saying Steve Sarkeesian isn't talented or isn't a good offensive, isn't a good, has, has, doesn't have a good offensive mind. But as the head of your football program, that's a different story. Yeah. Everything I've seen from Brent this year, my God, he looks like the man in charge of a, of a football program. He looks the part. And part one of that process is recruiting. He is kicking ass on the recruiting trail. And then even then, Texas fans are like, oh, we're still ranked above you. Okay, you've been ranked above us for like 20 years. Look at the record. Look at the outcome. So, but like they, and and like nobody loves to talk about Oklahoma and what we're doing more than Texas. They love to talk about what Oklahoma is doing. You see our recruiting guys at Rivals or other places talking about Texas? No, because we don't have to because we run this league right now. We run this conference. So they have to talk about us. They have to make things. They have to have streams about why is Oklahoma so confident this year? I don't know. We've been kind of running this conference for a while and <laughs> all and yeah, I mean you know. that's the that's the whole thing. That's that's a that's an important point too. At some point you have to say, look, I get it. Baylor won last year. Congratulations. No, they earned it. Like Baylor but, was the Big 12 champions last yeah. year. And but but I will say this right here. When you win the league six, when you win the league championship six out of seven years, that has to be accounted for something. It can't just be like, hey, once every six years, y'all somebody else wins a championship. We were a we were a question, we were a questionable pass interference call away from going back to the Big 12 title game. Exactly. But we but we but we don't talk about that. But here's no. here's a point about Texas. I thought this was pretty interesting. If you guys haven't seen uh what what Josh is talking about basically uh there's some rumblings about uh Billingsby the tight end transfer from Texas 
and then also a Jai, I mean, from Alabama, and then a Jai Hall, the wide receiver transfer from Alabama. And so I, I Alabama, think one of them one of them popped up on Twitter and said that was all a lie. So oh we've really? Got, we've already got that going on now. <laughs> but but that's another thing. A lot like everyone has like their fall camp stuff where everyone's looking good and it's all you know sun you know sunshine pumping and everything. It's like no. when one of your own websites is reporting bad news, they don't want to report bad news. That's bad no. for business. <laughs> they don't want to report bad news. They want to report sunshine and rainbows. So it was it was Hall. So it Hall denies that. It, so again. I'm if you want to tell me all this skill talent's going to come in, like it might listen, it might get you wins over it, it, that'll get you seven, eight wins just on your skill talent alone. But like in the trenches against certain teams, because at the end of the day, you know, Texas fans love to say it wasn't like we just we just collapsed, we were up by 30, we were we were killing a lot of teams, O State, Oklahoma, this and that, but you know. You know, I'm on record as saying that I've said it before. I was like, I think the the ceiling for for this Texas team could be nine and three, and I also think that Ryan Watson. I, 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 I ain't giving them No, why should I? Why would I ever give him that ceiling? They don't. They haven't earned that ceiling, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm being a little bit of a homer, absolutely. But no, you gotta. I want to see you win six games first. I'm serious. <laughs> I need, no, I need them to break the barrier first because, and, and like, another thing they do is like, I know what they're doing. It's like, who's going to be the first one to really do it? Because we're creeping up on the season. Who's going to have the guts to say, you know, I've been hearing things. The Texas fall camp, I'm telling you. When Alabama comes into town, if they can just get that game to the fourth quarter, who's gonna have? Who's gonna be that guy? Seriously, unironically, to say that you know it's coming. You I know. Heard, it's- I had it. A- you know it's coming. So, so one of the funnier things I've heard in the Twitter space. I remember I was at the office and I was uh, listening to one, and uh, a Texas fan. He said. Now, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and all those guys are not going to be in the backfield every damn play. And they were like, <laughs> I'll just say Look, I love listen, I love OU this year. I'm a big proponent of what I think we can do this year. Yeah. Will Anderson and Dallas Turner would destroy us. Oh, they would destroy so? they oh god, yes. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that oh we, we can hit no, no. We don't have the elite tackle play to stop Will Anderson one on one. Oh, and we and like you know what Texas is gonna do is like, guys, we did it. Like in what there's gonna be that one second it's like guys we double team will anderson we did it we stopped will here comes dallas turner boom goodbye quinn ewers fumble scoop and score that's what's gonna happen like the, the, this dream the, they have this fairy tale they're writing that they're gonna get to the fourth quarter it'll be a game but that's but that austin texas heat my god oh my god everyone's gonna be tired because alabama's never played in the heat before you know, because that Tuscaloosa, <laughs> you know, Tuscaloosa being in North Alabama and all with all that ice and snow. God. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna keep it all the way real with you and all the way real on uh, with everybody on here. The Alabama game, I think we all will pencil that in as a loss. If you're but, a grown up, but please keep in mind if they have two games after that. 
I believe before they play us, but they have two games after that that a lot of people are saying keep your eye on. Okay. Oh, UT, UT San Antonio. UTS, UTSA, which I look, I'm gonna give Texas that. I'm gonna give Texas that. If this was last year, UTSA, yeah. I'd be more inclined for the upset potentially. Yeah, if this I'd was last year's UTSA and last year's UTEP, I would say, oh, well, you know, I think OU and Oklahoma need to, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma need to need to just, you know, bring air, uh, be ready. But nah. But Texas Tech, though, at Tech, at T Tech, with what they're building down there, that coach has something going down there. You know, be you know, be really hilarious, and it's probably not going to happen. But like, we Texas Tech is our last game regular season this year. It's weird. We're on the road at Tech. Yeah, like it's like it would be like, would it be something if like we go on the road at Tech and they're like number two or number one? It's like a preview. It's going to be like a dollar or something <laughs> stupid like that because like weirder yeah. things have happened. But yeah, Tech is one of those wild cards this year because I know I know we smoked them last year, but. Yeah. That that's a game I kind of everyone likes to oh you better watch it for Nebraska and K State and Iowa State. No, I'm starting to think I'm gonna circle that Texas Tech game at the end of the year, man. Because oh yeah, it, it's it's gonna be a that, night that's game. A weird spot for it, and it's on yeah. the road, and it's like mm. kind of reminds you of when uh who was that? Was that when Hosley actually was that good? Because because Bradford got knocked out the first quarter concussion because there was like a fumble and then yeah. Halsley came close to bringing us back and then DeMarco separates his you know his kneecap or whatever on that on site oh 2007 oh my god <laughs> yeah that we we're, we're a we're a, we're a, a Sam Bradford non concussion away from probably playing for the Natty that year yeah. so so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, no, look, I in, in, as far as Texas is concerned, I, I get what you're saying. Because I've said it before. I said it to Ty. Shout out to my guy, Ty, around Table Sports. But I said it to a lot of people. It feels like, one, Texas is projecting their feelings and their emotions on us from their season, their five and seven season. We know what you guys are going to go through. We've been there. And then, two, we're the new kid at school, so we get picked on and we're expected not to say anything back to anybody, no matter the fan base. Oh, no, we're, we're not allowed to respond if anyone says we're going to suck or we're not like. We're, we're... <laughs> you lost your head coach. Oh. You lost You lost your best defense, defensive oh. players, all like, of that. 84 articles in the offseason about Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma and his feelings about it. It was like. Get get posted. Why are Oklahoma fans so sensitive? It's like you posted the article. You want us to interact, you dumbass. So, exactly. <laughs> so I'll say this right here. So Kevin says that tech game does worry me more than most. They are gonna turn that program around. Then you have uh Stubby who says West Virginia concerns me. They so desperately want to beat OU. So so I mean, you can you, you can you can want in one hand and <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's my thing, okay? So um, like I said, you know, last season, you can ask my friend Ty, you can ask Seth, shout out to Seth, you can ask all of them. We would come on here, and I think, hell, we even did a show together and we talked about it. But basically, I said, hey, Baylor is the game that I'm most worried about on this schedule. The reason why I was worried about that Baylor game last year was not just because of Dave Aranda, which, you know, because, hey, look, Baylor is – they're either going to be consistently good or consistently bad. They're not going to be anything outside of those two, okay? But I will say this right here. The thing that scared me the most was Lincoln Riley, right? Because it's games like that that you thought, oh, man, we'd be up for a game like that because usually he has the players up 
for, for games such as that. But when it comes to the Nebraskas of the world, you know, people say, oh, they played you close and they could they had every chance to beat you. We were up 23 to nine. It was Riley who couldn't call a freaking play to get us back, get us a first down out of our own end zone when uh, Graham made that amazing interception. You get what I'm saying? But when it comes to teams, and that's what I've said about Lincoln Riley going to the Pac-12, Oregon and Utah – Utah is going to be his Baylor, but he's going to be able to play and keep up with guy with 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 Oregon and probably beat them. But when he goes up against the Cows, when he goes up against the Washington States of the world, those are the teams that you have to worry about because the teams never seem up for those type of games. A la a Iowa State, even when they're they're in bad shape, a uh, K State, obviously. K State. I, I, I think I think every power like every you know, top program at a power five conference has one of those games like SC yeah. back in the day had like Oregon state was a problem for him. But uh, at the same time, it's cause it was consistent. These last few years has been consistent because you're sitting there saying, Oh yeah, we'll be up for this game. We go out there and we play lights out. We finally look like how we should look against a K state. And then, you know, here we go against West Virginia having to kick a field goal to win a game. You get what I'm saying? So, we were consistently. I had a 17 minute recap video after that. Like, I don't know what's wrong with our team. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. It's, um, I think with Brent, we're, I've said it a couple times in the past couple weeks, like, we still got to learn what he's going to do as a head coach. I think those are fair questions. How is he going to manage his timeouts? What's he going to yeah. be like on third and fourth down? Those decisions. Uh, and however successful he's at those things, he'll get criticized or praised appropriately. So I'm sure he's going to have some sort of irritable thing he's going to do. Someone mm-hmm. always finds something. Or or he'll get blamed for something that maybe not a, in his control or out of his, whatever it may be. There's going to be something. Hmm. It's going to be like, on second and seven, Brent is never like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like that, but you know, like here's here's the Stubby's point. Here's the Stubby's point. You know, like a team like K State is concerning. First off, they have Adrian Martinez back there, so we're hey, look, one good hit away from having a fumble or some type of turnover. He's he he will commit. The other thing that concerns you the most about a, a team like K State is the fact that not only do they have they, they're they're going to be pretty mobile. Because Deuce Vaughn and him in the back backfield, that's going to cause some problems because they love – the thing we struggled with the most last year were offenses that ran a lot of gadget plays. You look at the Tulane game, the Nebraska game, look at the K-State game. But K-State did one thing to OU that I think um, uh, last year and the year before and the year before that that I think that OU will be ready for this year is that they threw the kitchen sink at them. They threw everything at them. They you did. saw the first few games, especially like – I thought K-State was going to beat O-State last year. I didn't see that being a route for them. But they tried to keep everything so vanilla. But when it came to OU, they came out there with Skylar Thompson with one good leg and still were able to put up a decent fight. <sighs> what a game. But I don't think that with this with this staff now, I think that they're going to be more overprepared than underprepared uh, for games like this. You know another thing that's that, that I kind of thought back on now? We play Tulane and we play like crap. And there was the early season joke. It was a tongue-in-cheek joke. It was like, rank Tulane, rank Tulane. 
And then like Tulane had a game on the road at Old Miss. Who just came from Old Miss? Jeff Levy. And you know what Ole Miss did? They crushed them. Mm-hmm. They destroyed Tulane. I'm like, huh. Well, there goes that joke of ranking Tulane. And Tulane mm-hmm. turned out to be one of the record-wise, one of the worst teams of the of the year. And so and now it's like just thinking back on that, I was like, okay, I think I'm good with Levy now. <laughs> <laughs> based on last year is like it's a weird co- comparison is like he beat Tulane like they were Tulane that's what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do so but yeah um just uh OU this year you know I, I know everyone it, it's real easy to get up into the excitement and you want to believe you're going to win every game but and you talked like I'm I think that Baylor game on the November 5th is going to be really difficult regardless. Uh, I think OU will likely, if I, if you force me to pick, I think OU drops that game. I know it's not a popular thing to say, no, it's a home game and everyone's going to be, the crowd's going to be on their side and everything. But I think if they can get back to Arlington and get a round two, I think they can rebound and win that game. I'm not as, as worried about that game because I've said it before. Baylor has to come to Norman and they have to go to to uh, to Austin as well. And so I think it's going to be different this time because think about it. Last time you're coming off of a, a, a you overlooked TCU and the legend of Chandler Moore started. By the way, if Chandler Morris does not start for TCU this year, I'm boycotting all the <laughs> TCU. Well, Gary, I mean, Gary Patterson's not there anymore. I mean. That's another thing. I think Gary Patterson is a is an emergency head coach in a glass case oh. for Texas. Oh no, not a, I think he's an emergency defensive coordinator. In case I of think. emergency, break open glass. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I'm on record for as saying that hey, the worst job in America right now in college football is the defensive coordinator job at Texas because you're looking <laughs> your 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 eventual. You're the eventual defensive coordinator is sitting up there in the skybox looking at you saying, look at this. I, mean, I, I, I was told PK was as close to a sure thing as there was in college football. I, mean, I was oh, told yeah. by that. I was but told there's that. rumblings that it was actually Jimmy Lake, not him. So, <laughs> Oh, the Jimmy Lake was the real reason. <laughs> they should have kept Chris Ash. They should have kept Chris what about Todd Orlando? They missed Todd Orlando. <laughs> oh man, I boy, if Todd Orlando ran out of that that tunnel right now, boy, I would get on my knees and just say, "God, you thank you so much." It's <laughs> a real thing. <laughs> no, nah, but um, you know, just just to be real, like this team right here, I think that they will be up for games like that, and I think that it's going to come down to to the wire. You know, I think that yeah. Here's here's the thing, okay? So I watched the USC spring game. and here I, As game. did I. Ooh, it was entertaining. Oh, that was so much fun. I, I called my aunt. I said, hey, aunt, man, I watched this game. He said, I said, did you did you, watch, you want me to send it to you? He said, I don't want to see that crap. I already know what they run. I could probably tell you the full script for every play that they ran without watching. I said, that's exactly how I felt watching it. I was like, "Oh, I know who this is going to." They spotted even... the they spotted the defense twenty was it twenty one points? Yeah, they spotted them. Tw- it was gone before the first quarter was over. I mean, if 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 nuts. Caleb goes down for some odd reason, which hopefully he doesn't, Miller Moss can step in and go and go ham too. But my point with all that is, is this right here: 
Aranda knew all the plays that they were trying to run. I mean, he he basically, I just called it a crash blitz, basically, because what he would do, whatever they would run that GT pool, GT counter, um, or whatnot, Aranda had his edge and his weak side linebacker, outside linebacker, just basically crashing. Even his middle linebacker, they would just crash the entire time. They knew the they knew the the sets. They knew everything. They knew the, the formations, all of that. Rommel have, read, Rommel have read your book. I know what yeah. you're gonna do. They clogged. They clogged each hole. That they were like, okay, if you come, if you hit this gap, you hit that gap. Keep them on the outside. Set you set the edge, and then you just crash the edge actually, and then crash this gap right here. It's it's done. And that happened every single time that we tried to do that. And you're just sitting there screaming at the screen, like, please go to the zone scheme. That's where we've been most successful. Uh, I, I don't know how that man's not the head coach at LSU. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how LSU fans feel about Ryan Kelly. But I was like, Aranda to LSU felt like it was a natural thing that was going to happen. And it's like staying at Baylor. It's like, I think he's going to jump at some point because at some point, like, you can talk about the big 12 and how they're going to be okay and survive or whether they get more teams to come over or not. I, I think that someone uh, in the sec is going to throw him some money. Yeah, somebody in the sec is definitely going to throw him some money. I mean, yeah, for sure. Cause uh, n- name me a better head coach who gets both sides of the line of scrimmage ready to play more than Dave Aranda. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Nick Saban and that that's who I'm throwing into that's where I throw the comparison to. He and Saban. Like my 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 O line and D line will be ready to play. They are going to be ready to play. And oh Lord, you don't want to go to Auburn. Nova wants to coach Auburn right now. They like ugh. Threw their coach under the, the transfer portal pretty damn hard. A little bit too hard. If you <laughs> like, remember Brent. Brent was offered the Auburn job. I was like, yeah, I'm not taking the Auburn job. Y'all nuts. Y'all too insane for me. Let's uh, as we wrap this up, as we wrap this up, let me let me let me think of some just some oddball questions. Okay. Here's a question for you. I got you. Okay. All right. We're gonna go SEC East. Oh boy. We're gonna go SEC East. SEC East. Can Florida? Tennessee, <laughs> Florida or Tennessee, I'm going to give South Carolina. I've already said South Carolina will beat Georgia. I think it's the third game of the year, but I will say it's right here. The only if team Florida, in the East has a shot is Kentucky, in my opinion. That's the only team that can unseat Georgia? That's the only one. I think I think what Mark is doing is something – They're like here's the thing what Mark is doing. They're making comparisons to when Bear Bryant was coaching them in the 50s. Like, he's doing, like, that's the type of stuff he's doing. Like, Kentucky is very slowly becoming, like, they're not, like, a top tier. They're not a tier one power in the SEC, yeah. but they're, you can you can they're, say they're tier two right now. You can make an argument for tier two. They're, they're, they are, their comp basically is Iowa. Yeah, I think that's all, that's, that's kind of fair. Yeah, I think that, that's not too that's not too bad of a comparison. I think they're, they can. They're the Iowa of the of the SEC. I mean, pretty much. Like you know? I could see Kentucky picking off Georgia just because of all the turnover 
from that team they lost, all the guys they lost last year. I, I think that's a that's a moment where they could that's the only one I think who could potentially you know make a like make a run or do something special. Um maybe maybe not like playoff special, but like if Kentucky were to get to be like a two or three loss team and they make it to the as the East representative or something like that, and then hey, yeah. 60 minutes of football, you never know. I'm gonna say not so fast, my friend. I don't believe in Will Levis like that, so I'm gonna let you have that. But I will say this right here: I like Napier as a coach, and I think Napier is gonna uh, turn things around. I think Richardson is gonna be able to do his thing this year. I think that they're gonna be in a more controlled offense. Well, no, I mean the offense was great under Dan. Uh, I mean under, under Mullen, something like that. Um, they do lose a few weapons. They, but at the same time as Florida, I think they're gonna have talent. I think that's going to be a, a matchup to, to to look out for. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is a year that Georgia Georgia does not make the SEC championship game. I'm going to say that um, that in Vegas, or Tennessee, Las Vegas will be more than happy to take your money. <laughs> will be more than happy to take your money. Come back uh, to me. Yeah, come come back to me when it's time. All right. So here's the next one. Yeah, if you guys got any questions or whatnot, while well, we got Sean on here still, just just throw them in here. How many yards does Gray get? I don't think he gets over a thousand this year. That's Gray. Well, if you want to have a really good season, it'd be nice to have two thousand yard backs, wouldn't it? Um, great, that'd be great news. For I, I honestly, th- you're going to see a lot more running backs play. So I think I think the wealth is going to be spread out a little bit. Yeah. So I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he gets a thousand. No. Now. All purpose, he will definitely get a thousand. I'll say all purpose yardage. He will definitely break a thousand. Most impactful freshman on offense and defense. Uh offense, I'm gonna say Javante Barnes. Defense freshman. I'll go Canick, whether it's like spelling guys or special teams. You know. The crazy, the crazy Chris in me wants to say uh, Caden Helms, but I'm gonna go with uh, that's a hard one on offense, man. It really is. I mean, you say Javante Bournes, you think it's, I mean, for running backs, it's it's, 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 it's easier for running backs to get on the field. It's obvious, yeah. And then defense, um, who did you say on defense? I said Canick, a combination of spelling guys at linebacker and maybe some special teams plays. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll say. I'll say because we're, sure. we're talking freshman, like it's just that's the only guy I could see who could potentially because like Danny Stutzman made an impact as a freshman. So maybe, I'm gonna go maybe red shirt. We're going red shirt. I mean, oh, you know who I? If we're talking red shirt, Kelvin Gilliam. Really. What about the Smith kid from Texarkana? I mean, I, I, I'm all, I'm, I've been bullish on him, but my main reason for Kelvin Gilliam is that that man can cut a promo when he committed. He can cut a promo, and if he can match up his promo skills with his talent on the field, then he's gonna be, he's gonna be a perfect OU football player. <laughs> Here's the next one. Let's see what will what will OU's identity. If DJ stays healthy, uh, what, what will it be—a running team or a passing team? I, I think it's—I mean, balance, maybe. Yeah, it's gonna be balanced. I think it's a—I don't necessarily. Well, I mean, you know, it's a—it's a uh, shooting gear, however you want to call it. The 
whatever they want to call it. But I, I think run again. Yeah. I running gun i don't know i mean it's just really balanced i don't know it's hard to say i think that the identity they're going to want to be a running team because they're going to want to pound the ball and be able to i mean that's that's the point and i think that's something else that we kind of glossed over as well is the speed that he wants to play with the amount of plays that he wants to do it's going to cause those defenses to have lapses simply because it's going to be hard to get guys off the field i'm just waiting if ou has a has a you know, uh, exceeds any expectations this year. I'm looking forward to the to the heroes who who uh, drop it in a parachute and said, "Well, you're winning with Riley's players. That's what you're doing." I'm waiting for those heroes. Oh you man, know, I, you I know said, those those heroes are waiting in the wings. I, I can't wait. I said that last year. I said BB does anything more than uh, uh, anything more than uh, to me. If he wins a Big Twelve championship or more. Then it's gonna be oh hell he did it with uh, Riley's players we gotta see what this freshman class is gonna be like <laughs> I'm waiting on it I can't wait to do it I'm gonna have the receipts here I'm like we know we know we know um right. let's see one 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 last one let's see does OU's defense rank in the top twenty five yeah. top ten this year not a chance no now that's no. that's not, yeah. not your one. No, 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 no. We do not have to. T- we, you got the cl- the guys we're recruiting now are going to be the guys potentially that are going to be part of a top twenty five, top ten defense. We don't have that talent right now. Mm-mm. If we could have been top thirty last year, we probably. Have I've, been, listen, I've been I've been begging for. Can we be top thirty? That's all I ask. Can we just make a? Can we make a couple of stops when they matter once in a while? That's all I ever asked for. I didn't ask to be like, you know, Brent gave us a, you know, last time we had like a top 10 defense was 09. You remember what happened that year? Like we had a legit statistically great defense, but our other side of the football was too banged up. So no, we're, we're not going to be top 25, top 10. Well, yeah, I would love for it to happen. I just don't see it. You have any other parting shots before we go ahead and wrap this up, sir? Um, I'll, I will say that um, just uh, enjoy football season when it actually starts in a month because it goes by so quick, goes by faster than goes by goes goes by faster than you realize. Um, be patient with Brent if things seem like they're not going according to plan at certain points. Got to be patient this year, be, like. I I'm hype. I can get up into the hype. I'm excited. I'm I've been a hype man on Twitter the past few weeks because it's fun to be that and because you see all the positivity. But I think this is a nine ten win football team regular season. Just get to Arlington. If you get to Arlington, I just want a shot. I want a shot in Arlington. We make it there. We win that game. We go to the sugar or wherever we go and, you know, base because nobody cares about bowl games anymore outside of the playoff. We'll play whoever and whoever opts out or that's a whole nother thing. But that like a big 12 championship is what I think the ceiling is for this team. They yeah. do that. It's a successful year. You put a lot of good things. I want to see, I want to see trajectory. I want to see trajectory, even in losses. I want to see probably, okay. We lost because we weren't quite good enough here, here, and here. But you see, you know, because that's the difference between a good head coach and a bad head coach. If things don't go well, do you continue to coach? Do you continue to get better? Do you continue to improve in certain areas? 
Or if you lose your big rivalry game, you can like collapse and quit the rest of the year. You could be that, or you can keep going <laughs> and try to get better. Cause that's what Bob Stoops did. Bob Stoops didn't always beat Texas. He didn't always win the big 12 championship, but more years than not, he still coached his team and he got them to a positive end at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, like remember oh, 2009, we we're supposed to go back and play for it. No, we, we, we were injured. We had problems. He still coached. We went and played Jim Harbaugh, coach Stanford team in the Sun Bowl and won a hard fought football game. Huh. And you and felt, then, you felt, yeah. I mean, even hell, even uh, when they went and beat Auburn in that bowl game that yeah. year, going into the next year. I mean, hell, even hell, Spencer's first year at, at the helm, you know, start off rough uh, with uh, Iowa State. K State, and then you know you end the season as one of the hottest teams. Kirk Kirkstreet is like, "Hey man, y'all should really put Oklahoma in here. They're good." <laughs> but no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I I echo those sentiments, man. I, I'm really excited about this year. It's gonna be hard to be patient and everything, because man, just so used to winning. But at the same time, man, I I, I feel like this team is gonna win the Big Twelve championship. Somehow, some way, I feel like they can get there to, to Arlington. I don't see how how not, because at the end of the day, contrary to belief, OU is actually returning a lot of talent. Impossible. They shut down the program, man. It's over. We're, we're done for. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. They shut down we're, the program. <laughs> we can't be good. I'm sorry. We're supposed to be quiet. So. We're, 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 we're Nebraska now. Tom oh, yeah. Fernelli. Tom Fernelli said so. I, I, I saw it myself. <laughs> but no, go ahead. Hey, man. Uh, so, where can they find you at? Um, hit in a hole somewhere uh, until. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on my channel, uh, Oni Kuno. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm getting close. I'm I might get fifteen thousand subs before the end of the the month. That'd be cool. Uh, same thing on Twitter. Um. 80% of my Twitter is all you football stuff. And then I'm a nerd. I'll post about nerd stuff like other half the time or about pro wrestling, AEW. Uh, so all my Twitter at, at uh, you've been warned. Uh, there will be random nerd stuff that you're like, why is this on my feed? Oh, it's, right. It's in the profile. But yeah, uh, my video content's going to, well, August is actually kind of a slow month, believe it or not. Um, it'll be around because July is over. Recruiting's kind of like, cooled down just a little bit but we'll pick back up soon but uh, i do live streams watch alongs for football games and uh because i hate myself as a human and i want to expose myself to a chat room while i'm watching a game and i try to hold myself back while watching how you play football <laughs> i'm still gonna do that this year um i do recaps i give opinions i'll do some joke videos from time to time but um yeah i've been doing this for a little bit so um and uh, uh, unlike some other YouTubers I, that have claimed to be OU fans, I'm actually an OU fan. It's amazing how that works. But uh, other than that, I, uh, I, I got the I got the brunt of that. The 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 Texas <laughs> faithful try to go at me. If you guys haven't seen the video that I've posted, please go see it. It's in my opinion, I think it's pretty hilarious. You seen it, Sean? Oh yeah, your your Texas uh, your the Texas. shirts mullet boy now. <laughs> yeah. So they try to go at me because. So after my ju uh, after um, my sophomore year of my JUCO, I was playing basketball. I hurt my knee, so I kind of had a decision to make. What what did I want to do? I like, do I want to 
because I registered so I could go back to my JUCO for a third year, which I had already graduated, which that was kind of you know pointless. Then I had a couple opportunities to go play uh, like basketball at some D2 schools, or I could go to – I applied to like all the other schools in Oklahoma, so I went to O State because they gave me the most money. <laughs> for my education, that set me up to become a lawyer and all the rest of that stuff. But I was just like, bro, I've said this before. Why are y'all – why are y'all coming at me for making a decision to help pay for my school? <laughs> okay. Well, listen, uh, I, I I don't hold it against you. It's all good. Uh, but um, now you you know whenever I see uh, Texas content making fun of Texas, like like I saw you, I saw y'all, you saw that thing you posted. I'm just like, and this is not like a a diss, but I'm 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 when I see stuff like that, I'm like. I could do better. I got a better idea. I got a, I got an idea in my head. I got an idea. I got, okay, I could do I could do this better. And it's not a di- it's not a diss toward which he's like, wait a minute. Okay, wheels return. I got something. I got something. I can do something better. I I, I got something better idea. Let's, <laughs> I, I I I did my I did my version of like the Texas um. You remember you remember like uh the the content we did the intros the contender intros like back in like a dunanant 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 yeah I did that for Texas a couple of years ago and it was like there there's there's only one top twenty five finish in the past <laughs> <10 years. laughs> there's only one conference title in the past ten years there's <laughs> only a one game winning streak versus Kansas in football and it's like oh my god it just wrote itself. Well, I know this for sure. We're gonna have to collab because I got some ideas. I know you got some, so let's let's bring it to life. Oh, you, the OU faithful wouldn't. <laughs> they're not gonna be ready for that. Oh my God! Just uh, we didn't even talk about Arch and Archanon. Oh my God, bro! Archanon, Archanon is real. Archanon is real. Um, they want you to believe he's a really a five-star quarterback when he plays against trash competition and he, uh, he gets sacked by middle schoolers, but that's okay. Uh, hey, 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 don't be one of those, of those grownups going after a 17 year old kid that hasn't. Played. Oh, I don't know. It's not the 17 year olds. I go after the grown men who say he's good. People say you're, you're attacking a 17 year old kid. No, I'm attacking the grown men who worship a 17 year old kid. There's a difference. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't be mistaken. I have nothing against the seventeen-year-old kid. Like you know, God bless him and his last name and his genes or whatever you think makes him quarterback Jesus. That's great, but um, like Texas fans think he's going to descend on a diamond instead of chariot next year and save them. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out at the end. Area just like toss out chocolates and teddy bears, the good old Texas Longhorn kids, you know, coming down like a Greek god saving us all. So, folks, I think that wraps it up. Shout out to everybody that was in the comments tonight. Shout out to everybody who watched a PG, a tune into the PG show. He has some really great interviews that's uh, going down with some of the recruits. Caden Green, he's got an episode with that. They possibly could have a video with Vickers. So, there's definitely some recruits out there that you guys want to keep an eye on. He's going to have that. But always, please follow Mr. Sean Forster. I'll link on, on, on Twitter. I mean, look. Like I said before, guys, one of my favorite YouTubers, if not my favorite YouTuber. No, one of the guys that got me inspired to start doing I got to give you flowers, bro. Hey, I'll, hey. I'll be your, listen, I can be your fourth or fifth favorite YouTuber, but I can't. <laughs> That's but too no, much. yeah, for sure. Let's get him over 15,000. And uh, for sure, everybody, I appreciate you guys. I think that's going to be it for us.